Bunch of low lifes. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? This is the new and improved Philly Experience, alongside Chris Thacker, Tanner Martin, Tire Hood. I'm Max James, your host today. We're gonna dive into some Phillies talk. We got the Anthony Davis trade. We got some NBA draft to discuss. The drafts tonight, um, guys. I want to start with the Phillies today. All right. Thirty-nine and thirty-four record. We're four games back of the Atlanta Braves. Uh, the last two weeks we've been on the show. It's been a lot of Phillies talk to, to open, and it's going to continue today because the Phillies are in a tailspin right now going downhill. Who? The Phillies are bad. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> Who Absolutely talking? horrible. Who are we talking about? Uh, just the Phillies. Oh, God. Uh, I don't even know where to this. I don't even know where to start, guys. I mean, last week, you know, we were looking forward to a nice, you know, National League East stretch mania mania this should have been the Wrestlemania baseball Uh, dude what what the hell is happening we lost two games last night both games we lost them we lost both of them I think we lost every single game since our last show we've lost seven no one game we we won one game this since our last show whip the freaking dude yeah that's how I feel at this point I'm so irritated at this point I'm not I'm not disappointed I'm not upset. I'm angry. All right? I am straight up angry. The one aspect of this team that we had confidence in, the batting is now failing us. And now the batting and the pitching? Are you freaking kidding me? Look, T, you got to give them a break. When they take a vacation to Atlanta, I mean, there's a hot sun down there, you know? I don't care! It's searing the eyes of Vince Velasquez, Mm -hmm. who's having a hard time seeing the imaginary Put some sunglasses on. That is the strike zone. All right. right, The first question I want to ask you guys, T, you make a good point there. The hitting has been awful lately. Um, We get shut out in the second game in a doubleheader yesterday. So, first question I want to ask you guys. Chris, I'll start with you. What's the bigger problem right now? The pitching, which we've been talking about a lot lately, especially leading up to the deadline, the trade deadline, um, J- July 31st, Jesus. or the hitting that's really, besides Scott Kingery, has the, not shown a lot. This seesaw of crap that has been this season so far, <laughs> I'm, is, it, they're, they're, can I just say they both suck right now? They both because they do. They both suck. I mean, yeah. Arietta definitely came through last night, pitching the best he could. Just got zero freaking. Same thing with Eflin. Yeah, he gave up two runs, but like you know, like John Crux said, you know, like the legend he is. If you only give up two runs, you should win a baseball game. You really should. It's hard and, to argue that. And it's stupid. And and like I like. The, the the broadcast team told us like they showed us on the graphic and like I told you guys they are two and nineteen when scoring less than two runs, which is horrible. Yeah, I got some stats for you guys actually. Oh, um, numbers. I was going through it and the Phillies actually have the twentieth batting league or batting average in the league with two forty three, and they're twenty third in the league for hits. All right, I am pissed off with, with a with a team. That has Bryce Harper, Reese Hoskins, yeah. JT Real if Muto, Gene Segura, who was top five in the league last year of putting balls into play. I would, you know, expect maybe top half of the league. I got something to say about uh, Segura and Harper. If you pay someone three hundred and thirty million dollars for thirteen years, you expect him to be the best player on the team. And right now, he's not the best player. I don't even think there's a best it's player on the team. They're all they all just are. 
Right now, they're not doing anything. Right now, it's Brad Miller. And I have a question for you guys about Segura. Do you think, I know the smartest move is to bench him, but do you think Kapler will? No, because no. who are you going to put in there? Sean Rodriguez? He has to, he has to have some sort of punishment. for. This is the second time hustling. The first time he didn't, for not hustling, the first time he didn't hustle, McCutcheon got hurt going back into first base. So is, is there a punishment ahead for Segura? Mm. Uh, for me personally, I don't. I know on a lot of people, I might be one of the few that actually would start him tonight. I just think that the way we're playing right now, you need to get W's. I mean, he didn't hustle that I know. Ball. I he know. could have had a double. McCutcheon being hurt right now is, I thought, at the beginning, I knew I knew his impact on the team in the leadoff spot, but we're scrambling for a leadoff hitter right now. And it's Gene funny. is two for his last 15. It's funny, because me and Chris was just talking about that before the show started. We were talking about how crazy it is, like, ever since the Andrew uh, McCutcheon injury, how this team has basically fell off because of his presence and the lack of a leadoff hitter. That's incredible to me. One player and the batting on now all of a sudden just starts collapsing. I don't I don't understand. We have way too many contact hitters for us to be having two runs, one run, no runs. Like it's absolutely ridiculous. And while I'm on my rant Sunday, let me tell you, that blowout was absolutely horrendous. All right? I was at a steak establishment in New Jersey, a very infamous steak establishment. All right, I got an 18-ounce uh, sirloin steak in front of me, beautiful, cooked perfectly, medium well. All in a good mood, ready to watch the game, and yes. all of a sudden, boom. A1 sauce in the left hand. Hey, 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 hey. A fork hey. in the right hand. Hey, hey, the fork, yes. Knife was in the other hand. No A1 sauce. <laughs> that is a complete violation, and you know it. So what what was your what was most frustrating about that loss to UT? What were you looking at? Were you looking at just the pitching? It's almost like no one really even showed up the Are play. We talking, wait, hold on. It so was, you're talking about Sunday? Correct. Fifteen to one loss. Yes. The fact that our bullpen went belly up, it it, it, it threw the whole game. Vince, yeah. Vince, okay, literally, it all started with that attempted pickoff with with. Who Vince? Sorry, I forgot your name. Vince Velasquez trying to pick off whoever the lead Acuna. Yeah, and, low life. And ever since that, he steals second, single Freddie Freeman, and then it was just a downhill slide land avalanche. Sorry, <laughs> all of the above. We get what you're saying, Chris. We Thank get what you're you. saying. Thank you. Thank you. Mess. Oh my gosh. Sorry, T. He asked you the question. <laughs> oh, like like Max was saying, I'm I'm sitting there. I'm trying to enjoy my steak. I gotta I gotta. Good enough spot, you know, in front of the TV. Got my salad. I had my salad. Felt good. Like I said, had an 18-ounce New York. No, not a New York strip. Sirloin steak. You know, I'm about to enjoy myself. I'm enjoying my family. And all of a sudden, a couple cracks of the bats. And the scoreboard, the scoreboard starts running up. And it's on. <sighs> it was That opener thing is not working out. Like, the Tampa Bay Rays, for example, they have the guys, they know their roles, and they've been doing it for a year, two years now, so they get, they're good at it. We can't just go out there against good teams like like the Dodgers and the Braves and try throwing out an opener. We just get lit up. I'm sorry. This might just be my flipping ignorance, but who is on the race? I can name, I can name Snell, Charlie Morton, Tommy Pham. <laughs> I, I well, what my point was, my point I, was, sorry, they got I'm, Kevin they, Kiermaier. They've been doing it for so long now, I, over I'm, a year that I'm very angry that everybody that that you know pitches for them, they know. Okay, like for example, I was watching a game a couple weeks ago. The Rays were playing the Red Sox. The Rays were losing seven nothing, but the starting pitcher that was in that game for them was still pitching in that Blake game. Snell. So I no, I don't. It wasn't Blake Snell. Charlie, but Martin. 
No, it wasn't <laughs> Charlie Morton. Oh, okay. it, it was one of those opener guys. But I guess what I'm trying to say is Alex Cora, the the manager. Mm. He, I what I think, or excuse me, the Tampa Bay Rays. I think they basically say if if this opener doesn't go deep for me, or he he doesn't pitch well, he's staying out there, and we lose the game because he knows that he's got talented guys like Charlie Morton, who you mentioned, and Blake Snell to you know rebound off of the next day or two after that. Plus, they also have a great lineup as well. So back to the opener thing for the Phillies. I think it's just not going to work out. But another thing I wanted to ask you guys was, Pavetta's pitching great. Arietta again, last night, really solid with extra day's rest. Nola, you still think every time he goes out to the mound, we got a good chance to win. Yeah. And Athlon's been great this season. So that's four starters that we have in this rotation right. that you think we got a shot to win, and they're pitching well. The fifth guy, obviously, is non-existent. Cole Irvin, <laughs> by the way. I'm so, uh, okay. He, he comes in yesterday's game. Gabe Kapler brings him in. It's a three-one game. Why are you? You have Jose Alvarez, a guy who's right. given you good innings this year. Why are you bringing in Cole Irvin? He gives up back-to-back home runs. You that's, basically just give the game away. That's not the position you want to put a young player in, especially a young player still trying to get his feet wet in the major leagues. I thought that was a really questionable move. And now, like with moves like that, now it's hard like not to start looking at the coaching staff. Start looking at what's what's the batting coach doing. What is Gabe Kapler saying? Like, now I'm starting to question those things. Usually I'm real quick to blame the player because it still is a player's game and players still play the game. But when I don't see there's any change and you're doing the same thing constantly over and over again and you're expecting a different result, now I'm going to start looking at the coach. So now, Gabe Kapler, you're under my microscope. Go ahead, Tanner. Um, us, the Phillies as a team have a 450 ERA. And... We've given up the fourth most amount of home runs with 117. What? 117 home fourth runs. Fourth most? The first place or the team in first place for the most given up most oh, home no. runs is the Orioles with 147. But we're fourth in most home runs given up. The 2011 Phillies team gave up 120 home runs or 117 home runs for the season. For back the in season. 2011. We're right there right now. And now that's where we are right now. Mm-hmm. And that just shows you how much the game's changed. I wanted to address your statement on the pitching. Yeah, I did just look and see that even though Pavetta has what five, five ERA exactly, he is four and one. You know, and I've always been a big starting, Pavetta fan. I think I think he's got the talent to be are, a good fourth or fifth guy in the rotation. And I mean, yeah, you, you, you've you, we know where you've stuck your your stake. <laughs> and uh, so far, not, he hasn't been disappointing me since he's been back. No, he has not. He, no. He's ever since he got that fire lit under him, he's been looking pretty good. As far as the rest of the pitching staff, mm. no, I'm I'm really concerned with Nola. It's getting to the point where he's becoming not an ace in my eyes. A a guy, you know, you flip a coin and yeah. you know, he's either going to have a good game or a bad game. But that's something and, that we talked about um, some some he, shows ago. And, Was he an ace? Now you guys still considered him an ace. Now in my eyes, he's 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 not performing like an ace. He's not performing no. right now in the season. We're still talking about if he's an ace or if this is just a bad year for him. That he's not, he's not doing good, and we're still talking about how he's not doing good. One thing you I wanted guys to add: we're saying he we, was going to recover. We traded from it. Yeah, I think I think, but I think he will. I think he's. We listen. Last season, finishing third in the Cy Young voting. Now that coming into this season, he's shown signs that he still has that stuff. Obviously, he's not been the same pitcher. But we've seen games where he has double-digit strikeouts and maybe six or seven shutout innings. So he's got the stuff. I don't. The consistency obviously isn't there. One thing I wanted to touch on, 
this fifth spot in the rotation, we can't avoid it. It's going to come up again, I think, Saturday, right? We've been talking Probably. the last couple of episodes about how we were one starter away or maybe we're one bullpen piece away. Now it looks like Two. with our offense, the way that we're playing right now, we're a lot further away than we probably thought a couple of weeks ago. So my question to you guys is, what do we do about that fifth spot? You can't start Cole Irvin. Eikhoff's hurt in the DL. You don't want to use Velasquez. Again, he's been a reliever for the last two months. I don't think he's ready to go deep into the ballgame. Do you just go into the minor leagues and try to get somebody and hopefully he can come up and give you something decent, some consistency at all? Because you don't want to go out and give up a lot for you know a starting pitcher to come in and be your fifth guy, If especially because this year probably isn't the year. Even if we go out and get a fifth starter right now, say like a Matthew Boyd or a Mike Miner who I brought up, our, our bats still aren't being consistent. Right. Our bats aren't producing for us. So the fifth starter spot isn't really a problem. And we're kind of sitting here scratching our heads like, who's even an option for this fifth spot in our, our rotation? I just had a crazy idea, and I don't know how how much sense this is going to make, but how about moving Aaron Nola to that five spot and finding a number three, number well, four I think pitcher? that's actually kind of how it is right now because after Nola pitches tomorrow – they don't even have anyone scheduled for Saturday. Exactly. We don't so have anybody. I think, I think that's how it is right now. So at this point, stop looking for a number five. Look for a half-decent pitcher. And at this point, look, you have prospects, as I've said, in the minor leagues. you got to give up something to get something. All right? This team is still built to go far and deep into the playoffs. Let's not, let's not forget about that. Remember, this, this was the hottest team coming out when the season first started. Okay, so yeah. they so they're hitting a little drop patch. Okay, now you're just gonna have to make a couple of changes. I'm not saying give up your entire farm, but you know pitching is a problem, and you know you need another starter in that rotation. So you need to go out. And you need to make some trades. Okay, you might have to give up. You might have to give up an outfielder that you that you had highly um, highly scouted. Okay, like I said before, sometimes you got to give something up to get something. And you know this team is talent, too talented to look look like the way they are. They look like the way they've been playing so far. Right. The, the frustrating thing about this is the lineup. We know has talent. We, we've seen them before. We know Gene Segura has talent. We know Bryce Harper has talent. Scott Kingery's been hot. We've seen Reese Hoskins hit a crazy amount of home runs in a short period of time. So we know all these guys have talent. JT Romuto. I can go on and on and on. Right. But the fact is, these guys just aren't producing. And T brought up a good point. The coaching might be a problem. I don't know if it's the lineup. The lineup's just not construct the right way the hitting coach who's been brought up i've been hearing things on on certain radio shows about how the hitting coach um may not or should be or may be a problem i should say so obviously this needs to be fixed you have to start with the lineup i think you have to start with the lineup something has to change right gene segura's two first last 15 he's not a leadoff hitter chris go ahead uh just real quick to address your Pitching about what do we do with that fifth spot? Uh, a guy I really liked seeing last year. Granted, he only I think started three games last year. Was Eniel De Los Santos? I would yeah. like to. I, I would like is to he, see. Is he is still in the AAA right now? He's uh, yeah, still still with the Iron Pigs. He's on the forty man roster. Is he starting and, for them? Um, I, I I believe so. Um, I also don't know how recently he's pitched, but I mean, looking at like the Iron Pigs roster. The only other guy that kind of makes sense would be Drew Anderson, which, yeah. Is he a starting pitcher at AAA? Uh, let me get that for you. All right, awesome. Listen, I want to ask you guys while he gets that information. Who – no, we talked about the leadoff spot before. Who's who's the leadoff guy in this in slot? Listen, you can argue Bryce Harper could be the leadoff guy. His on-base his on percentage, he walks all the time. He gets on base. 
What do you guys do? We need to make some changes. Gabe Kapler said after last night's game, he's going to shake it up. I've what are you expecting tonight's lineup to look like? For umpteen weeks now, JT Real Muto. Right. I've said that. Why? He said okay. he's going to. He said he's going to make changes. Nothing drastic, but I, he says he's going to change it up. I understand it's not the most traditional thing to put a catcher at the one spot, but at this point, you need to change something. And right now, Real Muto has been one of the most, one of the more consistent guys. At bat, and he's a patient batter. I've stressed this before. Sometimes, yes, speed is a factor at that one spot, but it's also patience, discipline, working the count. JT does that. You want some, okay, so he checks off three out of the four things that you need out of a leadoff spot. That's beautiful. Just shake it up. Put JT at the one. Please, I'm begging you. Quick question. Do you, if you're Gabe Kapler, Tanner, I'll ask you first. Do you sit Gene Segura tonight? Mm. Yeah, you got to do something. You got to show him who's boss. And Can't be doing it. He, he's got to be hustling. You got to be hustling. Yeah. And this, oh, sorry. Tanner, this go team's ahead. playing with no heart and no hustle right now. And people aren't going to pay to see this team play nope. for much longer. They're not going to spend their hard-earned money. John Crook talked about this last night. They're, we're mad. And we're going to be even more mad if they keep playing like this. And we're just we're going to show it by not showing up to the stadium. Yeah. Tay, do you think you start him tonight? No, you bench him. Yeah. Because at this point now, it's a fa- the whole team now is in question. So now, because this incident has come up, now you need to send a clear message mm-hmm. that I'm not playing. Gabe Kaplan needs to put his foot down and put his stamp on the team. Listen, I'm not happy with what's been going on. I'm not happy. With any of you, so now I'm sending a clear message. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna bench one of my more consistent guys and send a clear message to the entire locker room. Right. I'm not playing anymore. God hustle. Go ahead, Chris. Right. To answer hustle. your question, yeah, Drew Anderson and Daniel De Los Santos have both been starters for the Iron Pigs this year. All year, they've uh, never been relievers, right? Because I know uh, Drew Anderson was up here for a little bit and he was a, a reliever. Bit. He was a reliever. Um, Drew Anderson really for the Iron Pigs started out really cold, giving up four, seven, eight runs a game Uh his past couple games uh his past three games he's given up two runs with five strikeouts six strikeouts eight strikeouts Eh, i mean it's only two runs um he has a he does have an zero and six record right now uh for de los santos uh he's been a bit more consistent than drew anderson um he did uh, no he gave up three runs his last uh his last game he played which was on the 16th, so he is rested. Right. So um, I think those two options are better options than going yeah. out and getting somebody. I, I would give it a right shot. Right now. I yeah, think right that now. the thing with De Los Santos is he's only a two-pitch pitcher, which is why I think they don't want to bring him up and, and put him in as a starter. He, he might be more of a reliever that, long-term. That but is a Drew, good point. Drew Anderson probably would be my best bet for Saturday just based on the fact that he had a hot spring training. He was, he was dominant in spring training, and he actually had a shot early in the season. He Obviously, he got sent back down shortly, but he was pretty consistent coming out of the bullpen for us there, and obviously he didn't play well because he got sent back down, but he, he's he got potential. I will say this too. Um, Drew Anderson has um, been, when it comes to the innings pitch per game, he it does look like he stays in the game a bit longer than De Los Santos. Uh, a lot of five, six-inning games. So it's been pretty consistent, right? Yeah. You're saying? And, um, and, oh, crap, I just missed something. Uh, there we go. Uh, and then De Los Santos, it's kind of all over the place. Two innings, six innings, five innings, three innings. Yeah. So Tanner, Tanner, go ahead. You don't know. Uh, on terms of going back to um, the leadoff spot for the Phillies. Uh, Long term or for tonight's game without Segura? Because Gabe's maybe like, for tonight's okay. game. 
would it be completely wrong to put Kingry leading off? I mean, he is, for some reason, he's the biggest slugger on the team right now. Kingry. Who's going the to biggest lead, slugger on the team right now? Lead the team really in home runs by the end of the year, which is sort of ridiculous. That yeah, King, it, Scott Kingry. Yeah, that's incredible. But do you guys maybe try it out one game? Put Kingry, even though he is, he has a hot listen. Hot I would, bat right I wouldn't now. be against it. You got to make changes. If, you have to. If Gabe's confident enough to put him at the three hole, he can put him first. Part of me wants to start Bryce Harper in the leadoff spot. Bryce Harper, I mean, yeah. that he would has a be 356 on base percentage. I mean, he walks a ton. Yeah. I mean, yesterday he went 0 for 4 in two games, but he walked four times. I mean, what's... pitchers are scared to pitch to him. They don't throw him a throw him a strike. If he if he doesn't, you know, swing at balls and he's patient at the plate, he can get on he can get on first base and he right. he's on first. You know, keyword if players. Now, what's more important to you? So, I mean, he is a very aggressive base runner. I wanted to bring that up to you guys. When he is aggressive running the bases, and I mean, I guess you do like to see that, but. Like last night, do you kind of want him to wish he would just hold up and stay at second? We're paying him $330 million. If he's trying to be aggressive and, and get the third base and, and play with his hair on fire like he's done in the past, that's when he's at his best, man. And when he's aggressive, I know he stuttered, and, and that was his only problem, or else he would have been safe. Yeah. He made the right – He made the right. I mean, yeah. I know he stuttered, but he made the right play. He would have been safe if he didn't stutter around second base. I, mean, I think the top four guys in this lineup, and probably the order I would tonight, or if and if it works going forward, I think you put Bryce Harper in the off spot, and then I think you have some combination of Real Muto and Kingry two and three, and then I think you have Hoskins in the four hole. I, th- I think those and and those have been your four best players or hitters, I should say, pretty consistently. I know Jay Bruce, he was started out hot. You got to keep him down the five six spot. He's just, that's what he is. He's just a five or six hitter. Yep. Cesar Hernandez the same way. And I like you know what I like Roman Quinn in there just because he gives you something that. No one else does the speed factor. If he can get on first base somehow and bunt, bunt or you know get a single, he can you know hurt the opposing team with the speed on base. So I think if you do something with Harper, Kingry, Real Muto, and Hoskins in those four spots, and then I know because Sig- we're talking tonight because Segura is going right. to probably be benched, right. mm-hmm. then I think that could work out somehow. And then when Segura comes back in in next game, then you got those are five your top five guys in that lineup could hurt you. You know Kingry right. the way he's swinging the bat now. So if you can package those five players out of the nine and stack them together and hopefully figure out the right order, because I think the potential is there. We just we haven't figured out the right order of lineup of the lineup yet. They they can produce for us. Well, we did. We did have a, a correct order to this lineup when we had Andrew McCutcheon. Well, yeah, that works yeah, now. Well, we got to work our way around it. About look, that now. look. Okay, I'm I'm Andrew, the crazy one on the show. Okay, I just. And it's a whole, I mean, it is kind of a media driven narrative that, you know, you get a gray beard on the team and he's the leader of the team. Uh-huh. But, I mean, like we said earlier, the, the, I mean, this might be a little drastic, but Andrew McCutcheon going down, that's almost like cutting off the head of this team. Ever since he went down, the this leader team of the team the has lot. just, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree has with just you 100%. gone downhill. And he, I mean, he filled a more important role than I think we realized, you know. I mean, yeah, Andrew McCutcheon, man. Yeah. McClutch, I mean, Clutch was great for us. Yeah, he, I mean, he had his moments of where we're like, eh, "Is he all right? Is he okay?" The whole time, I mean, whole, he was the glue. He yeah. held everything together. He, top he of the was the glue, but it's sports and injuries happen. I don't listen. That's the Andrew, manager. The manager has to figure this out. Andrew man, McCutcheon, McCutcheon was great, and I'm not taking anything away from him. But in sports, injuries happen. Okay, guy goes down. Step up. How did we? How did the Eagles win the Super Bowl? Nick Guys, Foles. Oh, here we go. Anyway. Sorry. Anyway, yes. 
Nick Foles stepped up. Jason Peters went down. Halapuda Vati Vitae stepped up. Okay. Kind of stepped up. But you see the point. Hey, he did his job. Listen, yes. listen. Vitae is actually decent at football. Like, the, the guy who we have replacing McCutcheon is, like, Scott Kinger, who's who's great at the plate, but he's not an everyday center fielder. And Hazley comes up, and he goes down immediately. So you're at your fourth, fifth guy in the outfield, Roman Quinn, who finally gets healthy. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Because if he goes down, then then what do you do in center field? You, you really guess, don't have another option. I guess whole, speed right. demon. But my whole, thing was, my whole thing is just you need to step up. Players need to step up at the end of the day. Injuries are going to happen. There's no excuses. All right? This, right? this batting lineup is too good. They are too powerful to be and they're not producing in, so right. this all falls back on Gabe Tapler right I it's, mean decisions he's got to he's got to make some changes to this lineup we've seen like I said before we've seen these guys produce they're just not right now as a former and, as a former Flyers coach once said I'm not putting up with it it's too much horse <laughs> right uh, and it's too much if you bench Segura you gotta put Brad Miller in how are you guys feeling about Brad Miller a bench guy. That's what he is. Bench guy. He's yeah. a bench guy. I mean, even though I was sending ridic- ridiculous texts like he is two for four careers all time. <laughs> I mean, I'll Max give him Scherzer. credit. He's got yeah. he's got pop in his bat, and he's a left-handed hitter, which we don't have a lot of. Since you mentioned Scherzer, I just want to give him credit for pitching seven shutout innings Dude, with a I black mean, eye and broken nose. I mean, well, part of me wants Max to say I'm surprised, Scherzer, but it's Matt. Yeah, guy's yeah, yeah, got ice in his veins. Yep. That was pretty impressive, though. Yeah, I was true. saying, I was, as sad as that game was, the guys, yeah. the radio guys were were saying, "Oh, maybe, maybe he like won't be able to breathe too well because he's got a broken nose." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Have you guys been watching hey, man, this guy for like, the past ten years?" <laughs> that's messed up. I miss that. <laughs> I miss that. <laughs> that's funny. I've been hearing a lot of guys talk about Gabe Kaplan and how he should be fired. Where do you stand on Gabe? I know he's been back and forth all season. He's well, kind of even keeled. Does this guy need to go, and we need to get somebody else in here? You talk about Andrew McCutcheon being the glue that holds this team together, and I agree with you to a point, but so should Gabe. I mean, he just makes wrong decisions. Like a a prime example is Cole Irving yesterday. You don't bring in Cole Irving. There's no need. It's a seventh inning in a three-one game. You got Jose Alvarez warming up, who's been a consistent guy. I know his ERA isn't the best, but he's been in this role his whole career. And then you're going to throw in a a guy who's probably a starter long term, but. You bring him out of the bullpen I mean, in a in a tight in a tight game three yeah, one. Yeah, you got to bring in Alvarez, and, they, right. and then also with JD Hammer, and oh. they brought him in two walks all of a sudden, and I, I forget how he got out of the inning, but he did. But it, you know, putting those young guys in those tight situations like that, it you know, it's putting a lot of weight into on the shoulders of pitchers who have just not been put in this situation in the highest, highest league in the world. You know what I say? This is, what, this is, this, this is how we solve the problem here. Okay. And I know it's not the best idea. Hit us with it. Adam Morgan's going to get healthy. He should be back by Saturday. Hopefully. Who's been great this season for us. All right, so there's him and you got Hector Neres. I know Hector Neres. He hasn't been labeled as the closer. I pitch him more. I'm like, you know what, Hector? We need three outs here in the seventh inning. I'm not going in there and grabbing J.D. Hammer. All right, because he's going to walk two guys and then maybe give up a three-run homer and the game's over. I'm like, Hector, get in there. Maybe if we can get three outs in the seventh inning and then we come up to bat in the seventh and somebody hits a three-run homer, we get a little bit more you know, leeway with who we use in the eighth inning. You never know. Things could happen like that. Maybe you can bring in a, a less talented pitcher to pitch the eighth. And if he gives up a three-run homer, then fine, but we have – some comfort because we just added on more runs. Yeah, yeah, you're wincing, but look at who you have available to you. All right? Who are you putting in in a tight game, whether we're up or down? 
Are you I mean, Nishak just got hurt again. I mean, the guy comes yes. back for his three pitches, and he and he strains a hamstring. I mean, the guy's career, he, first of all, he doesn't even want to pitch for us. We saw that Cole Cubs situation. He said, you know, oh, you know, my arm's a little sore right now. I can't go in there and pitch when we needed him. You know, a guy you rely on, a, a veteran guy who's got Which was a ton shocking. of experience, who's been consistent for the majority of his career. You know, it, and you don't want guys like that on your team. You no. need guys that you can rely on. Those, right now, Hector Neris is one of the few guys in the bullpen you can rely on. And you have Adam Morgan coming back. I mean, There's two. Give me a number three. Give me a third option, Chris. I, me, Give me a third option. Me, I want to see. I want to hear Teaser third option because Hector Neris is right now the guy. I'm I'm wanting because I gotta agree with y'all. It's I mean, what, the, what? What do you want me to do? Oh, hey, Juan Acasio, where you at? Get yeah. out! Get out there! <laughs> That's the reason why I'm wincing because uh-huh. I gotta agree. Like, dude, you really don't have much of a choice. Y'all know how I feel about Hector Neris. Y'all know I don't trust him as soon as he comes to that mound. Juan Acasio, play the clip. Okay, <sighs> nah. Okay, no, but yeah. What are you like? I mean, Jose Alvarez. He's been okay for us. Like that's, you, that's fine. My you, number two if guy. I if Jose Alvarez goes out in the seventh inning, a left-hander against like that's, maybe you get two or three righties come, or lefties in the lineup coming up for the opposing team, I got confidence in Alvarez. Get three outs. If he gives up a hit or two, I'm not going to be shocked. Like oh, Jose Alvarez, you give a hit. He's not locked down. Juan Nicasio. But th- listen, Edgar that's Garcia, JD Hammer. Yeah, Juan Nicasio. I mean, guys. I mean, come on. What are we talking about here? He we got one night, guy. Right? We got one. Yeah, he did. He came in. We got one guy in the bullpen, and Adam Morgan comes back. Maybe we have two. Hopefully, and Sir Anthony's out. I, Robertson comes back maybe in the next five years. I, was, I, was, I mean, who the hell knows? I was, I was at this about point. to ask you that. Where does he lie upon the it, with his injury? It's like, geez. The, the one guy, well, I will it? say, who's I'm happy he's back is Adubarai Ramos. He's been pretty consistent for us, I, and he's got previous. He or I should say, he's shown us in the past that he has the talent to be solid out of the bullpen in the seventh or eighth inning. So basically you got two or three guys and until Robertson comes back, which I don't know when that'll be. I mean, when, Wednesday Robertson comes back. We pay him $21 million that's, that, over that's two years. What, that's what I'm trying to find out. Um, but as far as Edebre Ramos returning, like thank God that at least some reinforcements Ramos, Neris, and Morgan will be back Saturday. There's three guys in the bullpen. Yeah. Three. Hope. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh I'm trying to figure out this David Robertson thing. So. Yeah, no problem. So, listen, I'll get back to you on that. I want to change the topics real quick. Anthony Davis gets traded. Finally, I mean, God, he's been wanting to trade out of New Orleans for a, it feels like a year now. It's about damn time. He finally gets a trade out. He's going to go join LeBron in L.A. The Lake Show is back. Basically, <laughs> the first question Not in general here: What do you guys think about this trade? Who won the trade? Do you think it works out for both sides? Can the Lakers win a title with just two superstars? Are they going to need more help? Yeah, what do you guys well, think? both teams won the trade in a way. They did. They did. The Pelicans but, got rid of someone that did not want to be there, and they got young players and draft picks, which is going to help them later when they trade that fourth draft pick. I, th- It depends on how you look at it. Yes, Tanner, I agree with you to a certain extent that they both want to trade, but if you look at it from a long-term standpoint of view, I say the Pelicans won because you gave up all those assets the Lakers did to get one player. Because you want to win now. Right. With LeBron being there and LeBron being at the tail end of his career, that's fine. But now you strapped yourself for the future. Because you gave up young prospects. Mm-hmm. You gave up the number four overall draft pick. You gave up, what, two first round, additional yeah, yeah, yeah. two first Here's round the picks? Trade. Anthony Davis to the Lakers, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, and two first round picks go back. Turn, I want to ask you the question. You said you know the Lakers roster. You have all the information there. How many guys do they have under contract? I know they have LeBron. I know they have Anthony Davis. 
do they have any role players in there? A lot of those guys are free agents. Who are they going to pair with these two guys in order to try to make a deep run? <laughs> well, the starters right now are just James, Kuzma, and Davis. They got Wagner as uh, backup center. Mm-hmm. They got Jones, small forward, and uh, Bonga at point guard. Okay. So, um, basically, they got a bunch of nobodies they, they and two superstars. Yeah, two superstars and one player that's well, really going to step it up. Kuzma's, Kuzma's, Kuzma's good. I'll give him credit. Kuzma. Kuzma's really good. Yeah, but the rest of the squad is... Right. What, what you were back to what you were saying. <laughs> yeah, perfect timing. Perfect timing. I like that. Back to what you were saying about the Pelicans in winning this trade. Uh, all right, I'll say they won this trade, and the Lakers really did mess up. But not that they messed up, but they hurt themselves. That now, if this trade doesn't go through by what is it, July thirtieth, mm-hmm. then they can't sign another max contract. Right. And so they're stuck with Anthony Davis, who... Well, stuck with Anthony Davis is... Well, can, all right, listen. <laughs> yeah, they're not stuck with Anthony Davis. It's like, oh, my God, Anthony Davis, get out of here. Looking to, he's looking to extend his contract, but if he doesn't, and this, I believe it was the Celtics? No, the Knicks that have been talking about him for the 2020 season. Yeah, it feels season. like the Knicks yeah. have been talking about everybody, so, I feel like. Yeah. So if he only stays for one year, they lose out on that max contract spot, and then he goes to a different team in 2020? Man, they got to look back and be like, we really gave up all that I, I, for a I, guy for a year. I feel like a lot of pressure is put on Rob Palenka of, of the Lakers because LeBron James, how many years does he really have up the prime? He must have been, and, and you know LeBron's talking constantly, like, I need a damn player in here that's a superstar so I can try to win another title. Right. I mean, but, le, I mean go ahead, Tate. That's cute and all, but what LeBron doesn't understand is that look at what you gave up. You gave up a halfway decent squad, which in reality you might have needed a superstar or two. Now you strap yourself. Like Tanner said, you can't even go out and sign a max player now. Like the trade, that's why I ultimately say the Pelicans won. Another another one of the reasons why is because the Lakers strapped themselves with this trade. Yeah. Yes, Anthony Davis is a great talent, but what happens after right. one year if he decides he don't want to be a Laker no more? I think it, I think it worked out well for both teams, in my opinion. Um, Having a guy like Anthony Davis added to your team never right. hurts. But I think the thing with the Pelicans is they can afford to groom these young players. They have the time. Um, they don't have a superstar in here who wants to win now. They have Lonzo Ball. They have Drew Holiday who can groom him. They have now Josh Hart coming off the bench. Could be a good six man. Brandon Ingram, who's the second overall pick. They're going to get Zion. I mean, and two future first-round picks. This, exactly. this team, This team in a couple years right. down the road, if they can – Progress and Lonzo, who's coming out of college, had all the talent in the world, and all the he still has all the potential in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and and when I one quick thing I want to ask you guys: Drew Holiday is still the point guard in there. What do you do with the pairing? Do you do you kind of play Lonzo and Drew together? Do you first season with the Pelicans? Do you bring Lonzo off the bench maybe um, and give him less playing mm-hmm. time and kind of learn behind him, or do you kind of want to out there working together? Because you know, yeah, he's got an insane amount of talent with his passing ability and all. He's got to work on the shot, obviously. But do you pair him and Drew Holiday together? Or do you think we should bring off the bench originally? I, th- I think so, because Drew can be a scorer when he needs to be. And Lonzo, right now, his primary um, asset is his, is his passing ability. So I think those two can work together so long as Lonzo doesn't have a desire to be a, um, one of the main scorers on the squad. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely. how I feel about it. But, you know, it just... The pe- I in. I thought the Pelicans didn't necessarily want to trade with somebody in the West, but when you look at the dynamics of the trade and how they've basically, in a way, screwed the Lakers over, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. which they kind of did. Well, my question is before at the trade deadline, you got to remember this whole thing was going down with the, with it. the Lakers were trying to offer the whole team. The whole drama came out right. of the locker room situation. LeBron's yeah, trying to get LeBron. rid of everybody. But now, yeah. basically, the same trade happens in the offseason that could have happened in the regular season before the deadline happened. So I'm kind of confused on that. I don't know if the GM changed his mind for the Pelicans. But right. um, do you guys think the Lakers, depending on who they get, have a shot? I know KD and Clay are out. The West is a little bit more wide open. Well, do you think they can win one in one year? Well, listen, when I said, first of all, when I said July 30th, I'm, I meant to say July 6th. But um, if if AD waives his bonus, his trade bonus, then they'll just have 27 mil for a contract. And that lead, who's that leave? We got Kemba Walker, who the Lakers are interested in. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, that'd be a dangerous pairing. Right. Or they could bring back Rondo. He's already played with the team, and he's played with AD in New Orleans. That's true. Okay, I forgot so about that. That's small, true. small players like that. But let's say, for example, you do bring in Kemba. Let's say Kemba commands maybe twenty-five mil a year. Okay, now you still got to build the bench. You right. have no bench. Well, then yeah. Like that's the whole thing. That's why I said the Lakers really strapped themselves with this dumb trade. Like you really traded for a player. You traded all your assets for one year, and now you can't even really build your roster. I mean, it's backwards. True. You didn't really right. think this thing through. You just seen a real pretty-looking uh, diamond, and you said, ooh, I want it. Right. I, I would say they can have these players and then make another trade, but they have nothing to trade. Yeah, they have no they assets. They gave everything up. Yep. Well, listen, one other thing I want to ask you guys. I want to touch into a drama situation just in a different city. Um, Houston with CP3 and Harden. I mean, we've a lot oh, of reports yeah. have come out mm-hmm. that CP3's once out, Man. the GM Daryl Morey says no. He's playing for the Rockets next season. What do you guys make of all this situation? We saw them two years ago get one game right. away from the NBA Finals. Chris Paul's injury, and then last year they just didn't have enough. It's the same thing every season. Yeah. And I just want to say that the Knicks turned down the Rockets' offer for Chris Paul. So there are there the contract is moves. crazy. Chris Paul, yeah. and that's no that's one exactly, wants that. No one wants to pick that up. That's exactly what I was about to get into. That's the reason why ultimately. Daryl Moore can't move Chris Paul because of that contract. That contract is extreme. Nobody's paying that much money for a 35, 36-year-old point guard. Albeit still talented, but nobody's paying that much money. No. For what? You're about to retire in, what, a couple years? Yeah. He, he had his, his least productive season since he came into the league last year. I feel like Clint Capella took a step back this year as well. Um, the GM said that he needs one more superstar and that begs the question, does Jimmy Butler go to Houston, his hometown, to make a big three there and try to win a title without... Again, this is what I want to point out. Clay and KD are out this year. Mm. This thing's wide open. It is you know, wide open. Who wants to step up and take the reins? If, if they get Jimmy, which the Sixers should never, ever, ever, ever let that happen. No. But if Gosh, they do, no. look out. Um, I wanted to ask Tanner real quick, because I know he has some free agent talk about the Sixers. Um, who are you looking at to pair? I know we got to resign Butler. I don't think Harris, we need to have Harris resign, obviously, because we need that cap space to sign maybe a starting shooting guard if Reddick leaves, a starting power forward if Tobias, if Tobias leaves, obviously. And hopefully we can resign Jimmy Butler. Do you have anybody named? Danny Green. Danny Green is a starting Danny two? Danny Green. 
So are you letting Reddick walk then, or are you trying to bring him back on a smaller deal? So like if he wants to come back on a smaller deal, which he might, because it's hard to let him go because he's one of the best shooters right. in the. In the but world. I don't want him starting on the court. I want him coming off the bench. Yeah. And if another team, say the Lakers, wants to offer him what an eight mil, an eight mil contract, eight let mils. him go. <laughs> let him go. We only have four guys under contract this season coming yeah. up right now. I mean, Embiid, Simmons, Sire Smith, and Jonah Bolden. Who I don't even know how Jonah Bolton's still on the team after we saw him play. I mean, come on. He is just not good. And he's a backup center. The thing about him is he's supposed to stretch the floor and shoot. And every time I see him shoot, it misses. So I don't understand why he's a on under contract next season. That basically means he's gonna make the team. I hope he doesn't, but you know. <laughs> That's just wishful thinking for me. But this is me off. we don't wish ill things among, amongst innocent people here, Max. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I should just keep my mouth shut. <laughs> no, come on, man. No, no, no. I, that's not what Jonah I was Bolton's saying. probably the nicest yeah. guy, you know, uh, except for he can't shoot or play <laughs> basketball well. Just, to, just to put my two cents on the Anthony Davis trade, I just wish I was in the room with LeVar Ball when he found out his son <laughs> won't be playing in LA. Hey, it was anymore. his idea, he said. It was his idea. Yeah, to yeah. <laughs> Sorry, he I forgot. He's a mad scientist. Yeah, it was his idea. He can. I can't believe like he gets that dude actually like gets invited and his uh, his opinion on I'm things are actually it. like valued. Yes. Yeah. yes, you know why? Because it brings me. in viewership. Yeah, that's exactly. I what don't it know does. as much as it's valued. I think it's just people He's, turn on the TV and watch this man just speak complete nonsense. Max, Max, you you are aware that Skip Bayless has a big audience, right? <laughs> yeah, I, it's so, because somehow. people love watching people be morons. And we are not People that type of shit. I, I mean, we, I'm that type of person. We bring the facts. <laughs> we will bring the facts to this show. Always, always. Um, just before we get into the NBA draft, I just kind of wanted to steer the wheel back over to baseball real quick. As yeah, far as, the whole as far David as Robertson the, thing? As far as the David Robertson thing, um, as of six days ago, uh, he started throwing on flat ground, not, not the mound. Wow. Um, <laughs> Gabe Kapler says he is making positive progress, but is in no form to pitch as of... The what? next coming weeks. Right. Chris, by the end of this show, I want you to do one thing for me. Oh, God. I want you to go onto our roster. Right? <laughs> I want you to Google Philadelphia Phillies roster. I want you to dive into the bullpen and look at the list of names that we have. I can, and I want you to name me the guys right you now. count on Designate that you say, who are you putting in this game? <laughs> bada and, bada and again, they don't we, have to be we perfect. We're homework assignments now on this show. <laughs> for, for an example, Jose Alvarez isn't perfect, but you could count on him to probably get an out or two here or there. All right, so, well, since you started that sentence, I've pulled it up. <laughs> give, me, give me some names. We got, we got Jose Alvarez. We okay, got Edgar I can give you Garcia. that. You're going to give yourself Edgar Garcia. You think he's going to get out? Maybe. You're gonna get uh, really. I'm just naming guys on this list. Don't give me, give me the names. I don't want to. If I ha, if I have to hear the name Juan Nicasio one more time, I think I'm gonna lose my mind. Okay, give me four me or three, two maybe right, if well, that's what so it is. So Jose Alvarez will okay. go. We'll go one. We'll go Hector Neris two. Okay. Um, Pat Nishak is now injured though. Hey, fun fact: Pat Nishak is a switch hitter. Hmm. Didn't know that. Pat Nishak should go be a school teacher. <laughs> He's not your cup of tea. <laughs> and then Edgebray Ramos. So I said, what, three names there that are not injured? Okay, so you're saying Jose Alvarez, Hector Neres, and Adubarai Ramos. And yes. let's throw Adam Morgan in there because he'll be back, hopefully, hopefully. this weekend. Hopefully. So there's four names 
in that bullpen. Yeah. Now, and it, well, another thing I wanted to bring up to you guys um, when I was searching for this whole David Robertson thing, I came across a uh, article on the Philadelphia Phillies SB Nation site, The Good Fight, mm-hmm. and it is a list of names who are on the trading block as far as pitchers are concerned. Mm-hmm. Here, I would like to read some of these names mm-hmm. to you guys, mm-hmm. and I let's just do this the fun way. Give me one word answers on every name I say. Go ahead, go ahead. Tanner, Tanner Rourke. No. <laughs> Sonny Gray. Yeah, I take Sonny dude, Gray. I think dude, he's got talent. So I, I'll take Sonny Gray over Jared Eikhoff. The problem Vince is, who do you give up for him? And again, that begs the question, do, do we have any talent in the minor leagues? Do we really have any assets? We really don't on our major league roster. Not I mean, really. we were trying to say Michael Franco was an asset two weeks ago, yeah. and he's probably the worst player in the league. Yeah, yeah but you should have traded him early. Sometimes, you sometimes you'll run into a dummy. Right. Uh, Andrew, <laughs> Andrew Kashner. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Dylan Bundy. I don't think the Orioles are giving up Dylan Bundy. Dylan Bundy's decent. I don't think they're going to give him they're up not, either. He's a future good. piece for them. Uh, Jeff Semar does it. No. Jeff Sp- SpaghettiOs. Let me ask you this question before you continue. Do you guys think if we get another fifth starter in here, that or like you said, take a three, this is, does this really help us? I mean, it'll help us, I should say, but this is really going to make a difference when the postseason comes because our bats are so quiet right now. It's, I feel like it won't even make a difference. It'll help in terms of relieving I some of the pressure. I think long term it will help. Yeah, it'll help in terms of relieving the pressure off of some of the relievers. Not a, not a, just a one-year guy left on his contract. Right. I want somebody that's got two, three, four years left on this deal. Correct. Well, here, how about this guy? Because I know he wants out of where he is right now, Aaron Sanchez. Aaron Sanchez. Oh, from Toronto? Yes. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. still pretty young. Dude, he's 25, 26. I'll, I'll take Aaron Sanchez. Mm. Uh, Homer Bailey. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Homer Bailey? Homer Bailey. He's still playing. I forgot still. about Homer Bailey. Oh my gosh. 33-year-old righty isn't going to throw any no, to close his name should be Homer. Soon. To close this Phillies <laughs> topic, two things. And Danny Duffy. Two things I want to see out of, out of Gabe Kapler. One, fix the lineup. All right. Stop nitpicking. Just look at the numbers and put the guys where they should be. Bryce Harper, he's the gets on base all the time. Lead off. Lead off hitter supposed to get on base. He sees a lot of pitchers. Guys don't want to pitch to him. Fine. He's got, he got experience. He's in Washington the last couple years. He's been the leadoff guy, you know. And the other thing is, use guys in the bullpen. I know you don't can't use them all every day, but I don't care if it's only the seventh inning and it's a two run game. You do not bring in a guy who's awful to just throw the game away. <laughs> you got to bring in a guy who's going to get you out. You can't just bring in oh Cole. Get out there and, and give me three outs. Oh, you piece of Swiss cheese. Two bombs and their moonshots. They're going up into the second deck. <laughs> Come on. See you later. I that's mean, all I want. That's all, right. all I want. Real quickly, just the last name, Danny Duffy. That's a lefty. Would you entertain that? I mean, his numbers don't look too he's great. Not, he's not awful. I've seen him pitch well in this league. But, again, I think that we need a fifth guy, and if we can get somebody on the cheap that has on the, you know, on the cheap. some sort of talent, and at this point it doesn't take a lot, as long as he's better than Jared Eikhoff, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. Um, uh, let's get into this last topic here before we, before we head out. NBA draft tonight. This is a national holiday for me type feel, um, especially the last couple of years because we've always had like the number one overall pick, mm-hmm. and this year is, is kind of a, a different thing in the fact that we have the 24th overall pick. So the first question that I want to ask you guys is, what do we do at pick 24, and do we stay there? I really don't think we have many assets to move. I was about to say, yeah. got to trade up. How are we going to trade yeah, up? Who how? are you trading? 
Jimmy. are you trading away? We don't have anything. We got four dudes. You want to trade Jonah Bolden, maybe? Okay. Right. Jonah Bolden. Fine with that. If someone wants to take him, take him. You know? Jonah Bolden and pick 24 for. That would work. Maybe, we, we maybe we get pick 22 with that trade and we get, and we get my man's high 22. You're putting a lot of stock in him. I thought we would drop back. <laughs> Sorry, just give him out for free. I don't have a problem with staying where we are. I mean. Really? Uh, uh, we need we need this. Listen, the key I'm looking at the key to this draft tonight. Give me two bench players, two that you can count on. Mm-hmm. All right, Ty Jerome. Give me Ty Jerome as a backup point guard of Ben Simmons. Thank you. The I guy want, I want Carson is Edwards. a super professional. He's, he's ready to be a bench player. In the, the dude, NBA. the dude can flat out ball. He's got. He went to Virginia. Tony Bennett groomed him. Great coach at Virginia. Tony Bennett. This guy is ready to step in day one and produce for us. I like Carson Edwards, but. Me personally, Carson Edwards is fine. That dude just dropped a forty-two. But here's the thing: like it was no I've, problem. I've noticed the last couple of years how the Sixers like to draft their players. For some reason, they like to draft the athletic, um, live above the rim players. I.e., Zaire Smith guy came in. He was an athletic freak, not necessarily a shooter. Listen, that needs to change. Okay, you need shooters on this bench. You have enough athletic shooters guys. out the D League, <laughs> like. No more guys who can dunk and do all kinds of crazy stuff in the air who can finish at the rim. Let's get somebody who can play on the perimeter. Let's get some guys who can create their own shot off the right. dribble. Let's Cameron get some guys. Johnson out of UNC. Let's get some guys He's, that can, can shoot, shoot the three. Shoot the yeah. mid-range. Like, we no- actually are predicted to get... Cameron Johnson thirty with in the thirty fourth pick, and I would dude. Be mad he's twenty three, which is the reason he's kind of fallen because he really doesn't have a high ceiling. We but got that the thirty third and the thirty fourth. They won. We trade one of those. No, because you need as many you need as many players as possible. I think you take Kyle Guy in the, in the second round, let JJ Redick walk, and you got your younger version of JJ Redick because Kyle Guy is a dead eye three point shooter. He's that's been that his whole career. That's his defense. Uh, he's he's got. Here's the thing. He's young and he has the size. I think he's like six four. So okay. if he can obviously coaching and the weight room build up his strength, I don't see why he couldn't. And he's bigger than JJ Redick, I think. Kyle Guy is projected to go to the forty seventh pick to the Sacramento Kings. I take Kyle Guy. Listen, the shooting ability, and this this is a shooting league now. If you can get a guy at like no pun intended, Kyle Guy. If you get a guy <laughs> at his age, at his age. Get a dude. <laughs> if, you get a, if you can get a dude like Kyle Guy at his age, young, and who can shoot the ball like he can and bring him off the bench, man, if he can hit two, three, you know, two or two or three three pointers a game for you, that's all. You're not asking him to play crazy minutes. Right. And there's talent. This just drafts pretty deep. There's talent in that second round. I think we need to get a backup center for Joel Embiid. They're saying that Bull Bull's injury is dropping him down the board to pick 24. Yeah. It's a possibility we can snag him at pick that 24. That would be really good. Yeah, that would actually. If the Celtics pass on him. If we had him beat in Bobo on the same team, that, oh, that would be, be crazy. Yeah. So backup center's a necessity, I think. I think a backup point guard, because McConnell's probably going to get higher paid somewhere else. And if you can get a wing guy like Cameron Johnson to come off the bench and, and be a shooter from the wing, that this draft, even if you don't even hit on two of the right. second rounders, if they're overseas guys or whatever. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, if Bobo... Falls to the twenty fourth pick. Of, I want the Stomp on to him. He's him. too talented. Now, but I don't think it's as, it's as big of a necessity as you think it is because I think you can fill it through free agency. Yeah, um, I propose. Dude is huge. Yeah, I understand he's that. He's a freak no, athlete, man. I understand dude. that, but all you really need from that backup center position oh is somebody God. who can play defense and somebody who can play the pick and roll. Yes, 
Bobo is huge, can play defense. It's exactly somebody that you want backing up Joel Embiid. Here's but the thing, Steve. We're going to be spending a lot of money in free agency. We're going to be spending a hell of a lot of money. All right, we need a sh- JJ Redick. I know you guys. You guys think he could possibly say a lot of people are saying run it back, run it back. I think you let JJ Redick walk. Yeah, he I, wants to start. And I agree. He's with gonna you. he's gonna command a lot of money. I think you let him go. Your shooting guard spot opens up as a starting position. You're going to need to get somebody. Tanner mentioned Danny Green, which I would be fine yeah, with. He's a better defender. Seth Curry as well. As a starting two guard? I wouldn't make him a starter. Oh, no way. I didn't say starter, but just okay. Seth uh, Curry is out he's there. He's got the talent. I've, in the playoffs, yeah, he I played agree. really well. I agree. But we need a starting two guard if Redick leaves. If Tobias leaves, that opens up a max slot or, I should say, a decent amount of money for us to spend on other guys. So right. I see what your point is there. But here's here's my backup scenario. As I said on a show previous, Nerlens Noel, he is out there via free agency. I think you bring him back, you give him a two, three-year deal, say, look, all I need you to do is lock down the paint when you sub in for Joel Embiid. You ain't paying him a lot. He's good on pick and rolls. He's good on lobs. He's good at the defensive end. And that's really primarily what you need from that center position. Here's the thing. Back up, center position. With with Nerlens Noel on the floor compared to Joel Embiid on the floor, that really changes your game plan. You really don't want – Different size, different versatility, guys flipping in and out because it changes your whole system of what Brett Brown does. But I don't necessarily need my backup center to be shooting or to be an offensive threat. Well, you, you don't need your starting center to be doing that, but MB yeah. does anyway. So, Well, as he's much Joel Embiid. Like That's not. different. I think he, if, if from Embiid's standpoint, somebody with a skill set like a bull ball who can stretch it and shoot it, I know he's, he doesn't have the size, but Embiid was a twig when he came out of Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if you can develop him, and again, this is probably far-fetched. Bull Bull's way too talented to fall to he's 24. He's 7'2". Yeah, he's got, that's a big boy. He's got crazy, <laughs> he's got crazy talent. That's but boy. again, if if he's not there, which the likelihood of him being there is really slim, yeah. then definitely look out and go out and, yeah. and, and pay somebody – Right. For me, what I look for is like a veteran guy, like somebody that's like, all right, correct. Get it. Don't be young. Be a guy that knows his role. Like back when the days when Amir Johnson was decent, because he used to be pretty. I mean, he back was. when he played with Toronto and the Celtics, yeah. he used to be decent, and he knew his role, and he was a veteran guy. So that's what I look for. He, in that. he was a pain in the butt on a two K sticks, but you know that's enough. Discussion. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> that's fair. The Pelicans are in such a great position right now. They have that. They're they're picking Zion first. Yeah. They have that fourth pick. They can either. Drift another. I mean, if that's only that's only three down from Zion. Yep. That's fourth. Who who do they have projected at fourth? They got a lot of dudes there. Dar- Darius Garland's there. Jared Culver's there. DeAndre, DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter. But listen, they can either go out. I saw this. They can trade the Timberwolves for their eleventh pick and Covington and give the Timberwolves their fourth pick, mm. which is. Pretty great too. I think at some point I like that. I like that right. idea because at some point you need some veteran guy yeah. to you know get yeah, in there. You, you can't, can't have, have a bunch a completely of completely young, young team. Exactly. But if they don't have anything that comes up to their standards or what they're looking for, they can still get that fourth pick and pick with that fourth pick. So they're you get in, Zion in and like such a great Conner. position. Yeah. Such a great position. It's fun to be a Pelicans fan right now. I'll tell you that. Right, but then I'm I'm sure they'll screw it up somehow. <laughs> <laughs> you think? Yeah, man, it would be really hard to do that. I mean, the the, word, the only way they can screw it up is if they t- don't take Zion. Yeah, but let's be Wouldn't honest. That be something else. What if What if you hear like I'm slapping the first somebody. pick, John Morant? It's yeah, like, that's wait. that. I mean, that's like that Anthony Bennett pick all those it's years. Not ago. impossible. That would be sickening. To I, me, that, I, that I'm sure that would Zion. be sickening for Zion. I'll too. be giving them one of these. Seriously, 
You big dummy. Zion goes from going to the Pelicans to the, the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> what do you guys com- what do you guys think the comparison is? How would you rate the difference between John Moran and RJ Barrett? Because one is a great defender. I think John Moran is a little too small and thin coming out right now. I think RJ Barrett six three one seventy five. I think RJ Barrett, man, he can defend. He's a good leader. He can score the basketball. Six seven two hundred and ten. I mean, geez, man, yeah, he RJ is, Barrett's more. Um, he's ready to go. Yeah, he was the number one overall ready. prospect in the high school coming out in the Duke. I mean, he was ranked ahead of Zion coming into the season. So the Knicks, if they get RJ Barrett, at least they they're like, if all right, get this guy, they're getting plug RJ and play Barrett. immediately. So, um, I think we stay at pick twenty four. The only the only thing what you're saying, I if we trade up. You know, obviously that would be shocking because yeah, the assets we have, we have nothing to give. I know. All right. Yeah, we really don't. I mean, we had the whole like we, a couple years ago. We we're so used to it because we had so many assets. Because Sam Hickey just acquired so many picks and guys and Listen, bolts. And it this happens and that. every year. We're gonna see a player that should have been drafted at five get drafted the fourteenth pick. It oh, happens. Of course. It happens all the time. Oh, and this whole drafting is gonna be there's trades. All people over fall. The place. Yeah, there will be a trade. I'm thinking fourth pick. The Pelicans are gonna trade that fourth pick. Hmm. The only question is what team would come up there and snag that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what the who were the, the Lakers traded that pick away, right? They don't the Lakers yeah. don't have yeah. a first rounder anymore? No. 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 I don't think so. That's oh my god, what are the Lakers doing? Man? That's what I'm saying. They strapped themselves. Something. I think the Lakers might do something. What the how? They but how? Do. how do they do right. something with nothing? It's just they they uh, They man, just gave away know. their whole team and I'm glad have, I'm not a GM. I'm telling you. I'll tell you what, right I'm glad now. I'm not a Lakers fan. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Because you strapped like I said, you strapped yourself for the future. You you went all in to win now, but now you can't even afford Listen, to bring anybody in. Are we glad we didn't get LeBron James? Shoot. I didn't want him from Jump Street. I, I specifically I said we needed him. No, absolutely not. I did not want LeBron. It's about damn time. I just want Ben Simmons to but get listen, better. Guys, listen, yeah, I mean, me and Max are on the same boat here, but you, Chris, and T, you guys were all for trading Ben Simmons. <laughs> you think, trade him for that Max, fourth pick? I think Max you trade came him on for our that side. fourth pick, I think Max came on our side. Ben Simmons is, has been working out all season. Based on Instagram photos. You do not based on Instagram photos. Okay, working on what? <laughs> I hope the jump shot. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, I, yeah. I could care less about his muscles. I need him to work on a jump shot. Listen, we were the only team to take the Raptors to seven games. And that, hurt, that, that hurts. I think you can't get rid of Ben Simmons because he's so he's a freak. There's no 6'10 point guards around here. And he was playing good defense on Kawhi Leonard, technically. Yeah, until he let him go to Joel Embiid. Wait, T's actually thinking about trading Ben Simmons for this. Yeah, sport. this is but, actually. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm You know, really, one thing I saw. This team I mean, coming out ben, my ears. Ben what, Simmons. You think you're going to get someone better than Ben Simmons in this draft? I don't think for, so. Uh, ben Simmons. I saw, this, I saw this proposal came out on Twitter the other day. Ben Simmons and our first round pick for. The Memphis Grizzlies' second overall pick, which would be which is, John Morant yeah. and Jaron Jackson Jr., who they drafted you'd last pick year. John, mm. You'd pick uh, Morant over RJ? And then, I think RJ Barrett's a better player. Okay. Then you, then the Knicks would be sorry. Then maybe you get that second pick, and the Knicks are like, hold on. <clears throat> That's the only problem with this is, if that in a hypothetical situation, if that Ben Simmons trade were to happen, you can't dra- I don't think you can draft RJ Barrett because he's not a true point guard. And we would need a true point guard yeah. to step in. You know what I mean? We would need a John Rant, a playmaker. I just think Barrett's yeah, more of a two. Thing. But, again, 6'7". I mean, God. Listen, I'm not trading Ben Simmons. No. Not yet. I don't think you can. I'm not. Develop that jump shot, and then I'll say you can't trade Ben Simmons. Develop the jump shot. We'll see what happens tonight. Yeah, all right. It's going to be fun, man. <laughs> all right. Um, 
Well, guys, a what a what a down. first episode of the Philly experience. So you got the website and everything? A, Absolutely. All right. Uh, people, new website. If you go to philly-experience.simplecast.com, you'll be able to catch this episode in about 10 to 15 minutes. We will also be putting our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Spotify. And coming soon, iHeartRadio as well. So we, people, stay tuned. We are moving up in the world. How about that, guys? Yes, we are. We All are right, going people. places. All right. Well, it's always it is always a pleasure speaking with you guys. And man, Chris, time. you really like that song. <laughs> I do. It's a sad. Chris time. is in his feels lately. The Phillies are bad right now. Uh, I have my own inner demons that I am just yelling at in my own head. Let's go sweep the Marlins and then sweep the Mets. We'll be back here next Thursday after a Phillies Phillies six-game winning streak. How about that? Follow us on Instagram and follow us, guys. Yes. Follow our radio. That's right. We have an Instagram now because we are official. We'll get a blue check mark soon. (laughs) See you. All right, people, next week. Tune in next week. I am pissed off. <laughs>